Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts. Nice and sunny out there. A little chilly, but not bad. In the upper 40s, headed for a high of 61 today here on this uh, Thursday. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us. Talk at WDWS.com. You heard Gene Honda. He's being honored uh, by the Alumni Association. There's a gala tonight out at uh, Pear Tree, I believe, is where it is. And we're headed out there. We'll be honoring him with all the others tonight. So that'll be pretty cool as part of uh, Homecoming Week here at the University of Illinois, where Homecoming started, as we like to say. How you doing? Hope you're doing okay. Again, headed for a high of 61 today, 32 tonight. They say there will be a freeze. A little frost on the pumpkins. A little freeze on the pumpkins. 65, the high tomorrow. Saturday for the game, cloudy, they say, and near 60. For the 11 o'clock kick, Illinois and Minnesota. We'll have all of, all of our coverage, of course. Uh, we've got Sports Talk at 8. You've got game day at 9 from Grange Grove, 11 o'clock kick. So a uh, lot's happening this week. Uh, lots happening today here, an open line for a good part of this first hour. We'll talk to Professor uh, Robert Bruno over at the University of Illinois about this amendment's right, um, or one of workers' rights. Let me get this right. The workers' rights amendment you've heard or maybe seen the ads for. What is that? And it has to do with the state constitution. An amendment being uh, voted on here in the midterm election. So we'll find out more about that. What is it? Why are they doing this? What are those commercials about? And um, so we'll do that coming up uh, later in the hour. And then in the second hour at the beginning, we'll uh, visit with Heidi Brown. Greg Newold will talk about uh, breast cancer awareness. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And Heidi herself is a, a stage four cancer thriver, she likes to say. Uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, and we'll talk to her about her situation and her message to those that are either uh, being tested for cancer with breast cancer, of course, the um, mammograms and all that happens there, and just some advice and uh, wisdom that she has that she wants to share with with you. So we'll do that in the uh, second hour for a while, and then we'll probably do an open line after the bottom of the hour at 1030. Tomorrow, Howard Griffith will join us. Great Illini. We'll talk to him on our Illini Friday presented by OSF. Also, Kent Brown and Barry Hauser will join me as well in the second hour for a little bit, get you ready for all the uh, homecoming activities. And it'll be an early start on Friday morning, on Saturday morning, I'm sorry. Be an early start tomorrow, too, for that matter. All right, we are at uh, 9.09 here, and let's go to the phones very quickly. JR is with us. How you doing, JR? I'm okay. How are you, Brian? Good. What's up? I was on the bus yesterday, and these young kids, with the language they uh, taught, the bus driver, she uh, told them three times to 
quit cussing. He kept it up. Hey, she says, I, we have a uh, rule, no foul language. She says, I got my own rule. I mean, just, you know, I felt like saying something, but I thought, no. Okay, so, mean, you, so you were on the bus. Why were you on the bus? Yeah, I was going uh, back home. Oh, you're on a, on an MTD bus or yes, yes. Oh, they okay. Have, they have supervisors. You think uh, one of them could just ride and just hear all this foul language? Hmm. I mean, it was, it was bad. How old were most of the kids? I would say uh, fifteen, sixteen. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. In Champaign yeah, uh, or Urbana or yes, I was going down Church Street back Church. home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. And um. Yeah, it's 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 a different world today. I mean, some of these kids apparently they don't have fathers. If they do, they're uh, cuss too. I mean, hmm. I was uh, raised not to cuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Um, and uh, I'm afraid that Friday, Jim Bohannon's last day. That's right. And he's uh, the last few nights he's been gasping for a breath. You, you could just hear it over the. Over the radio. Yeah, they haven't really ever said what no. you know why, but it's. I would assume it's health related. I mean, uh, yeah. it was pretty uh, pretty abrupt. If you don't know, Jimbo Hannon's last uh, show is coming up on at the end of this week. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, uh, Friday. Friday. And he's been on this station for oh boy, long, long time. He was. I think he was oh, the yeah. fill in for Larry King back, you know, forty, fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. I seen the woolly worm the other day, well coated. So we're going to get a lot of snow. This you think so? The woolly worms. Woolly worms are speaking <laughs> to you, huh? How's uh? You think Chase Brown's got a chance to win the Heisman or not? I think he'll be on the list. Yeah. If he keeps it going, Illinois just needs to keep winning. That will help him. How, how's the guys that are injured? You think they'll be back Saturday? I don't know. I don't. It, well, I have no idea. Um, I'm yeah. going to talk to Coach today, a little later today. So. We'll see if he's got any updates, but my guess is he's not going to tip his hand <laughs> to Minnesota. Well, do they get some cheap tickets for Saturday? Yeah, they wound up selling selling a bunch of them. I think that's that's good. Yeah, I have a sold out stadium. I hope. Hope so. You yeah, have a great day. Thanks, Jr. Bye. Appreciate it. Nine twelve. A little behind here already. Let me get a break in. We'll come back with. A penny for your thoughts, your phone calls, emails, and texts as we get it going here this morning. All right, on a penny for your thoughts, 916. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. Uh, Roofs by Roger, if you did have some hail damage recently, make sure you reach out to them. Fully licensed and insured. GAF Master Elite Contractor. 50-year warranty. 100% coverage rated uh, A-plus with a BBB. Hundreds of references, locally owned and operated, uh, free roof inspections. They work with your insurance company, fully licensed and insured. Again, only using the top quality materials to protect your home, quality craftsmanship, professional staff, all available to you from Roofs by Roger. Go to roofsbyroger.com. All right, inflation way up today. That was uh, some of the news. 917, Tiny's with us. How you doing, sir? 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I uh, I have by reliable information that an eleven year old boy that just had heart surgery a day or two ago was beaten badly yesterday at the junior high school and he's in the, the hospital now. Hmm. And is that in Urbana? I, that's in Urbana. Urbana. Okay. And I don't know whether we have a security officer in both schools or not, but I, I don't think we do, but I'm not positive to that. But no, if th- we don't, yeah, I think Urbana does. Uh, the well, the, okay, the 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 uh, source the school we'll resource officer on that yes. before the program's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, these security officers are valuable, and uh, the, the the paper this morning talks about well the shootings way down. Well, one shooting's too many in the community, so let's don't be satisfied with anything. And I, I'm not fooling on that. One shootings. I lived all my life in Urbana. And the majority of guys, young bucks up there, carried a gun, but they didn't shoot anybody. And now they, you know, they they, they got to do it. And I, I know what I'm talking about. And you know, getting these police shot or killed is absolutely ridiculous. We need people like Urbana, Urbana Council. It's uh, just uh, they're terrible. They still act like they're for police, but they're not. They're not. They're not trying hard enough. Get the money out. They've got several thousand dollars they could spend, and then they never even mention hiring police or giving them bonuses to get them here. That's a that's a top priority in my mind. And they the police. Why why shouldn't we have it instead of the police having to walk up to a car? With her handcuffs on, they ought to have their guns drawn. They're not going to scare me because I'm not going to do anything. If, if they stop me because I got a tail light out, I'm going to sit in the car with my windows uh, hands on the windows, and I'm, I'm going to get those rolled down quick and have them outside so they can see me. And I'm going to be yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, or no sir, whichever one they want. And it. That's easy. It's, you know, just common sense. You know, a little common sense goes a long ways in this world, but these young, they don't have it. They just don't have it anymore. Yeah, no, and that's uh, and that was one of the things that happened with the Decatur um, police officers yeah. uh, shooting. I don't know where they had couple... their gun. Excuse me. Go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say that's what happened there is the person didn't comply. I mean, that was... And um, yeah, and Chapin talked about that this morning. Just do what you're told. Good old you know? Chapin Road. Yeah, and, and he's a and, he's and, a winner. And sort it out the next day, you know. But uh, yeah, well, just why would you? Why would you just think about it, Brian? Just think about it a little bit. Why would you have a job where you had to walk up to a car and you didn't know whether the guy had a gun or not? Didn't know whether he's going to get shot, and your gun's still in your holster. That's crazy. Yeah. And they, well, and they they whine about cops having their guns out. Well, no, no, no. Have them out and be, have them be ready. Yeah, I don't know if I want. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I want police coming at me with their guns aimed at me already. I mean, I think it's well, you they're, see they're, there. 
There's why? Why are you scared? If you well, know that's what's going to happen, you're pro- they're protecting themselves. Yeah, I think if they you're would. Dumb enough to well, make the wrong move, you're going to get shot. You may you may more some know more some of the officers than I do, but I'm not sure. I know a lot of officers that would want to start that way. I mean, on a well, on I a traffic I stop. Don't I mean, know that any would, officers. Yeah. I'm not claiming to know any. I see these young kids out here and girls, boys and girls both, and I I feel so sorry for them that they have to fool with the scum of the earth around here, and uh, this is what happens to them. And I'd like to talk about one other thing. Yeah, Joe sure, Biden. sure. Mr. Biden, he comes on TV, and I, and he talks, 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 and he, the other day he told about how good he was, and oh, he was just one of the great presidents. And I'm not saying that verbatim, but that's that's what he meant. He was talking about how good he was and all the things he did, and he said some people don't like what I do, but anyway. This fentanyl situation is terrible, and this border situation is terrible, and he never mentions it. Never. He has never mentioned it. Here we are killing off. Uh, I heard somebody say that we uh, killed off more people with fentanyl than we did with COVID. Well, <laughs> then I heard somebody else say we killed off more people with fentanyl than we did in the Vietnam War. Well, I don't doubt it. Yeah. And uh, here we got a president that's not saying one thing, not doing one thing about it. And one of the things that's bringing fentanyl across is the border wide open. <clears throat> anybody, anybody can come across. They can haul over whatever they want to haul over. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just terrible. And uh, I could talk for a week on what I'm not even going to call him an idiot anymore because he don't deserve that nice comment. <laughs> He's, he is absolutely, <clears throat> he makes Carter look so good that you, you, you want to drive down to Georgia and hug him. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's well, just absolutely not. He does nothing. Here he is begging begging the people over there for you know, gas and oil and and mad at them because they uh, uh, just oil, not gas and oil, but anyway, mm-hmm. he, he's mad at them because they won't give him any. And those people over there are wondering, how, how, how dumb are you, you idiot? You know, mm-hmm. you got, you're walking around on all the oil there is in the world. All you need, you're shipping it out before. And here you are out begging Venezuela and 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 the people over there and the media. I can't call their names. Mm-hmm. That ninety six got me there for right now. I can't <laughs> call that name. Yeah. All right. Well, um, but, uh, I, I I thank you. You right. let me run off the head for quite a bit, and I appreciate it. And, okay. Uh, and I hope it happens more. I mean, we need people to get on here and raise a cane about these poor cops out here. They're just it's terrible, Brian. Just you got to go to bed tonight and think about getting up in the morning and having to walk into some idiot's uh, car and he's liable to plug you and there's nothing you can do about it. Hmm. If, if you plug him first, then your life is ruined. Well, it's uh, huh. it's a dangerous job. There's no doubt. Hey, yes, it is. Thank you, sir. Terrible, terrible.
See you. All right. See you later. There's Tiny, 925. I met a couple of people that know Tiny in Grange Grove. They've said, hey, we're neighbors of Tiny or we know Tiny. And they speak very highly of him, that he speaks his mind. And uh, there's no doubt about that. But, hey, the one the one telltale sign and this, you can throw, you know, all the theatrics of politics and all of the talk and the hot air and all the stuff that happens. Here's the real sign that. Biden is a drag on the Democratic Party politically. I'm talking about a month before the midterms or less is that none of the really close races, the candidates, most if not 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 any I've seen. Maybe I've missed one, but in those tight Senate races, Pennsylvania, Arizona, wherever they are, they do not show up at anything with Joe Biden. They want it. They want nothing to do with Joe Biden. They'll they'll say he's a nice guy and he's my president and so forth. But they're like, don't campaign with me. And that is the ultimate sign that politically he is toxic for them right now, a month before the election, because of the popularity. Polls are way down. That's not all the indications. That's one. Uh, sign, but also the inflation numbers that are out today, the the crime, all of those things, economy. There is a lot of uh, stuff out there that are working against the Democrats. But those Democratic candidates and those key center races do not want Joe Biden around campaigning with him. In fact, I noticed he went out west. He did not go to any swing states. He went to states that are either totally Republican or totally Democrat, not swing states. All right, just. That's uh, those are the tea leaves. You read between the lines a little bit. You can uh, you can pick that stuff up. All right, nine twenty seven. Back in a moment. Nine thirty on a penny for your thoughts. Nice day out there right now. Sunny. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. We'll talk to Professor Robert Bruno, University of Illinois, about the Workers' Rights Amendment. I know some listeners had asked about what is that exactly, and we'll get an explanation on that. Uh, let's see here. Some texts that have come in this morning. The chickens are really coming home to roost since the panic of COVID spending started in March of twenty twenty. Inflation remains at forty year highs. No end in sight to the rate hikes. This has been the worst year in half a century for the markets. Yeah, I made a mistake of, um, you know, I always hear Paul Rudy and the other guy, don't look at your 401k right now. I made the mistake of looking at it yesterday, and I'm like, yikes. I know it's just on paper, and I know it'll probably come back. I hope so. (laughs) It's like, where did all that money go? It just vanished. But anyway. Uh, yeah, don't uh, don't look too close at it, I guess. Cover your eyes. But, yeah, the Dow's down several hundred points here after the uh, core uh, CPI, the core price index, I guess, uh, shot up quite a bit here in the last month or year to year. Uh, God bless Tiny, a uh, texter says. Always enjoy, they say, hearing what Tiny has to say. Uh, Chris, over at the over at the City Council in Urbana, says uh, actually the Urbana City Council unanimously approved a twelve million dollar budget for the Urbana Police in twenty twenty one. They also approved a budget amendment that gave the police department sixty thousand dollars in handheld radios. Also in twenty twenty one, a five to two majority vote, council approved the new FOP contract that gave officers about a three percent raise every year 
from 20 to 23. I knew they had appropriated some money. I couldn't remember the exact figures. So, Chris, thank you for uh, sending those along. In 2022, Urbana City Council unanimously approved a $12 million-plus budget for the police department, approved creating a new position within the police department for a digital forensic specialist, uh, also with the uh, school resource officers I mentioned. Council also approved active bystandership for law enforcement, able training for all officers to help with officer wellness. Uh, and it, the email's very, very long. I, I just can't read it all. But anyway, there's uh, enough in there that um, if you go to the Urbana website or look at their budget, I'm sure you can see a lot of the numbers. But a lot of the things that I thought have happened, the school resource officers uh, funded for the high school and the middle school, So anyway, those are some of the numbers that uh, Chris, so so thank you, Chris, for sharing all that with me. 933 at uh, DWS. Uh, Tech says, thank you, as always, for giving Tiny airtime. We need to, we all need to hear some of it. He speaks the truth. Texter says, was the windows tinted? That is something that must be changed. Uh, another text says, I'm not sure, but it's possible that your show has gotten the attention of President Biden. I was like, oh, okay. I might have misunderstood it, but I heard him recently mention Eleventy billion thousand trillion pennies for your thoughts. <laughs> Keep up the good work, they say. You're having an impact. Okay. Well, I don't know if Joe Biden's heard me, but he was in. When was he in? He was here in town, right? Um, back at the U of I campus a few years ago. Uh, hi, Brian. I think the Gophers will get out of Champagne with a win on Saturday, factoring in with the injured Illini that not, might not be ready to go. Have a good one. Well, the Gophers are a favorite. What is it up to? Five or six now? Six points, I think. And a lot of it, who knows what Vegas is thinking about, but I'm sure the injuries are part of it, I would think. And we'll see who can come back. All right, 934 at DWS on this Thursday morning. A penny for your thoughts. Let me get to a news break. Come back and talk a little bit about the Workers' Rights Amendment here in just a little bit. But first, here is CBS with the news at this hour at the bottom. All right, 937 on a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us. By the way, some of the numbers in the uh, News Gazette today, as the Community Coalition met on the uh, gun violence, there has been a reduction. Shootings uh, still down compared with 2021. The interim uh, chief, Matt Bain, reported over in Urbana. Uh, they did respond to five confirmed, uh, confirmed shootings in the last 30 days. So far in Urbana, 42 shootings in 2022 compared to 90 by this time in 2021. Champaign police confirming 104 shooting incidents this year, down 51% compared to this time last year. Uh, Chief Tim Tyler said there were 259 confirmed shootings in Champaign last year, 189 in 2020, uh, having to do with um, shots fired shooting incidents, as the case may be. All right, now 938, we'll have Professor Bob Bruno with us here in just a moment. Let me get to Tim real quick. How you doing, Tim? How you doing, Brian? Good. What's up? I just wanted to thank Penny. Uh, I called recently about my mother in the, in the nursing home, and I've got through. I got to talk to her, and I believe somebody from Penny pulled the string or something, or prayed or something, because it was really great. And they let the uh, 
they let me get through, and uh, she uh, talked to me, and it was a really great day. Well, great. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you. And I want to say one more thing. My uh, brother, who's in charge of all this, is an archaeologist. He knows uh, the archaeologists of U of I. Mm-hmm. He's an archaeologist at, uh, in uh, Tucson at University of Arizona. I'm glad we beat them 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, but anyways, um, I, uh, so I was, um, interested in artifacts my whole life because of my dad. So I went down South Mattis at, at Easter time. Yeah. And I went, yeah. I went to a little spot that I thought there might be arrowheads and I found the most extraordinary arrowhead ever. And my dad had found 10,000 of them in Illinois. And, um, this arrowhead I found in Champaign County, Go Chief, is a wolf's head arrowhead shaped like a wolf. Really? And on the, on the other side, it's shaped like a turtle. So this is on South Mattis. I found it on South Mattis. It's the most extraordinary arrowhead I ever found in my wow. life. And wow. And I'm sure the archaeologist of U of I would like to see it. Maybe I'll bring it out. Once. Yeah, you should. Hey, Tim, i got to move, but thank you, sir. Okay. Appreciate you. you. Thank you. And somebody asks, is the Bears game televised tonight? I can't find a listing for it. Well, (laughs) it's on Prime Video. You know, we're living in a different time now. Prime Video and streaming and all the different ways they uh, present games. So it's on Prime Video. Now, I'm told it's on Fox 32 in the Chicagoland area. Bears are playing the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, tonight in the NFL. Um. But uh, Prime Video, so you can sign up for Prime Video if you want to check it out. Thirty day trial if you're if you're desperate to see the Bears. I I, I can tell you though the Bears aren't very good this year, so <laughs> I don't know they're struggling. Maybe they'll get it figured out. Uh, hopefully they'll get better. All right, uh, I want to talk about this workers' rights amendment uh, that is on the ballot. And Professor Robert Bruno joins us, professor and director, labor education program, uh, University of Illinois. Bob, how are you? I'm well. Thank you very much thank for you. inviting me onto the program. Well, it's good to have you on. We've seen uh, some of the commercials for the Workers' Rights Amendment. I know there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, I guess, first of all, just kind of explain what is it? What, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, um, uh, it's a constitutional amendment, uh, a question to uh, amend... <laughs> Uh, a portion of the state constitution to include a right to uh, organize into trade unions and to collectively bargain on issues and concerns that are uh, relevant to the employer uh, and to the employees organized into uh, a union. So this would be embedding uh, into the state constitution uh, this right of union organizing and bargaining, uh, raising it uh, a bit above the statutory um, rights that workers in the state have uh, to organize. And there are five, other, I'm sorry, there are six other states that have constitutional provisions that address the right uh, to organize in mm-hmm. some fashion, although this one in here in Illinois 
uh, is is uh, is a bit different uh, than those, but similar in its context and intent. Yeah, I know there. Are, I know. I think Hawaii is New York, one of them, mm-hmm. one of the other states. Yeah, 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 yeah. correct. That's yeah. right. And some states have measures that that create the constitutional protection. Uh, others that uh, work in the other direction that uh, place limitations uh, on collective bargaining, on the right to organize. Uh, Michigan, a couple of years ago, attempted to pass such a, a measure, uh, but it was not. Uh, but it was not successful. Uh, and I think uh, Illinois is distinguished in, in being perhaps the first that. Uh, is you that is utilizing the, um, uh, the, the 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 process of uh, you know going to the voters uh, to put uh, to make this change. Uh, the process was different in some of the other in some of the other states that actually have yeah because that, that have such an amendment right. And you mentioned this uh, earlier in, in in passing that yeah it goes from a statute to actually in the state constitutions. So that's really the <laughs> The difference, right? Yeah. Because you can already yeah. organize and do those things, but this just codifies it, I guess, as part of the Constitution. That, that's correct. Uh, that, that That's correct. Uh, the, the language of the Constitution, uh, uh, if, if approved, it doesn't uh, it doesn't add any new uh, rights. Uh, uh, well, it doesn't sort of add any other yeah. uh, 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 prerogatives that, that mm-hmm. could uh, be used, but it raises it to a constitutionally protected right as opposed to mm-hmm. legislation that can be amended and can be changed depending on the sort of the political um, environment in mm-hmm. Springfield. So mm-hmm. it, it, it does strengthen uh, the right. Mm-hmm. Robert Bruno is with us, labor professor at the University of Illinois, and I know one thing you've said about this uh, is protecting worker rights. You said it actually attracts people into the workplace. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah. So one of the, one of the really helpful uh, things about the question of collective bargaining uh, and unionization is that we've, we've had decades of a lot of research uh, I'm looking at every state, looking at it nationally, uh, and we find that collective bargaining through the provisions in the contract raises the quality of the job or the employment opportunity. Um, and workers see, and I think correctly, working in a unionized setting uh, as being a, a better uh, setting than in a non-union uh, situation so wages, benefits, safety, conditions. Workers having some input into their work, the amount of professional development uh, that goes into the in, in, into the job. Uh, you know the ability to uh, to in some constructive way to address problems through a grievance process. That all of these components contribute to higher job quality. That then, uh, particularly during periods of labor shortage, attracts workers into those workplaces uh, because they're choosing and making a rational choice to work in a better environment. Uh, and that makes those employers competitive. Um, and it, it is a, it's a real market advantage 
uh, quite frankly, for the firm, for the community, for the state, for the workers, uh, when they can make that choice. Um, and it's pretty clear. It's, it's very robust in the research when you compare unionized settings to non-unionized settings. You know, controlling for as many factors as you can. So yeah. that's why we, we make that claim. Yeah, well, the workforce certainly has been an issue, trying to get people to work or attracting good workers coming out of COVID. Now, new inflation numbers this morning. I mean, um, so you feel like that would help with that too, right, the workforce yeah. itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, we, we definitely think it would. Um, certainly union members are more likely to be able to negotiate uh, agreements that are going to enable them to track uh, with inflation or, or it certainly mitigate uh, against the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the loss of, of dollar value uh, in the market. Uh, it's also going to create greater job security. We, we find that uh, workers are attracted to employment opportunities where they see some future, where they could see being promoted, developing some skills, then they're not as likely to be easily let go. Um, and during more, uh, you know, disruptive times like higher inflation and maybe a creeping, we haven't seen it yet, but perhaps a creeping unemployment um, a, a worker being able to choose an environment where they're going to feel a little more secure um, is going to give them an advantage, and it's going to give that employer an advantage because employers really, as you say, uh, are desperately looking to hire folks and then want to keep them because it's expensive. Yeah. Uh, it's expensive to lose them. Yeah, Professor, uh, Professor Robert Bruno with us from the University of Illinois, Professor of Labor, uh, talking about the Workers' Rights Amendment. Had a question here. Somebody asked for Professor Bruno, would the labor amendment affect only public employees or also private sector employees? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. great question. Uh, it would affect uh, all employees. Um, uh, contextually, the amendment is very clear that uh, anyone that's in an employment relationship, uh, and that can be contentious, but uh, if you are in an employment relationship, if you are an employee, uh, then you're, then this amendment applies. Uh, it does not draw a distinction between private or public sector. It doesn't draw a distinction between the kinds of industries uh, that you work in. Um, it, it's, it speaks broadly, and I think appropriately, uh, to employees, uh, which would mean sort of equal treatment for uh, everyone who is a citizen uh, and everyone working in the state. Mm-hmm. I've got another question for you on the phone. Do you mind, or would that be okay? No, sure. Okay. Let yeah. me uh, let me see what Liz has to say. Hi, Liz. You're on with Professor Bruno. Hi. Yes, I'm really against that amendment because I think the unions already have enough, uh, in fact, too much power, and they protect people that are not good workers. And also, I feel that it would give the teachers' union uh, uh, the ability to push through their agenda, which I definitely am against what they want to teach in the schools. Okay. Thank okay. you, Liz. So, yeah. well, that, yeah, I'm sure you've heard that argument, Professor. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, certainly the research doesn't, uh, doesn't reflect that um, that how that the outcomes of unionization are bad for workers or bad for employers or bad for the uh, bad for the community. Uh, so that, you know there just isn't any 
uh, evidence. We, we don't see it uh, uh, th- that would back up claims that, that somehow uh, unionization would have destructive uh, uh, outcomes. In fact, all of the research on every variable is, uh, is positive. Um, concerns about what certain workers could do, as mentioned, teachers, um, you know, there are, there's an Illinois school code that uh, speaks uh, pretty extensively uh, to how schools function. Um, the teachers are part of uh, district uh, committees to, uh, you know, to address schools, uh, to address school work and what happens there. Um, typically, what gets bargained is, uh, is, is what is considered important to the employer and to the, uh, and to the teachers. Um, there's no, um, you know, there, there simply is no evidence of, of any kind of overreach or a desire to use the, somehow to use this amendment um, uh, to, to reach beyond, you know, what is typically a bargain. Uh, again, the, you know, there's, there are laws right now that allow the parties to bargain what's important. If you look at teacher contracts, um, you know, they deal with things that you would expect, uh, you know, treatment, they, 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 they do with working hours and working conditions and, and benefits and, uh, uh, you know, taking part in, in different school activities. So, um, you know, I, I think fears of, of, of something beyond that uh, are just, you know, just they're misplaced. It's a, it's a, mis, it's a misunderstanding of, uh, of what's bargained mm-hmm. in collective bargaining agreements. Mm-hmm. You got time for one more? You're up against sure. the clock? All right. Uh, let me see what John. John, if you can be quick, go ahead. Uh, my question is, if this men- amendment is passed, would that make uh, a right-to-work law unconstitutional? Okay, good question. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if this amendment were passed uh, and there was, uh, um, uh, and if the General Assembly uh, went forward and passed a uh, right-to-work law in Illinois, uh, it would not be consistent with the Constitution. So um, if this amendment were to pass, then a right-to-work law would be prohibited uh, in Illinois. You would have to change the uh, Constitution to allow the right-to-work law to pass. So as, as, as maybe John is, is, is thinking, it, it would it would block mm-hmm. the passage of a right-to-work law. Yeah, now Missouri, I think, passed a right-to-work law, I read, in 2017, but then they got enough signatures to put back on the ballot as a veto referendum, I guess. 2018, they repealed the right-to-work law in Missouri, so from what I understand. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. They did uh, They did exactly that, correct. Mm-hmm. Well, Professor, I, I know you're, uh, you're short on time here. I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and kind of helping us understand a little bit about this. And... Um, you continue your work, I guess, over at the university. So we appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure being on the uh, on the show. Uh, thanks for your time. Very thanks much. Good work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, that's Bob Bruno, Robert Bruno, professor over at the University of Illinois. A quick break, and then we'll come back with more here on A Penny for Your Thoughts uh, next. Nine fifty-seven. On a penny for your thoughts. 
And uh, by the way, we I know Professor Bruno was um, talked about the workers' rights amendment. He's obviously in favor of it. Uh, I have reached out to an organization that is against the amendment. I'm working on a time to to get them on, and we'll give them approximately the same amount of time to kind of make their case. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half here. Randy, go ahead. Yes, uh, quickly, isn't that just an amendment, again, to open up the Constitution, have a meeting, and then they can throw in more garbage like the Fair Fact, you know, Fair Tax Act? Yeah, I don't know how the procedure works. I'm not an expert. Um, I just know it's a proposed amendment to the 1970 Illinois Constitution. So whatever. They have to open it. Yeah, and have a have a have a, a general assembly meeting, and then they can change about anything. Oh, is that so? That's what would happen next. Well, that's what my opinion is. Yeah. That's what the Fair Tax Act was that you had to make a constitution amendment oh. because it was against the constitution. I see. Yeah, the one that failed. Once they the one that failed. Once they get in there. Yeah. <laughs> then they would then would go from there. Is what you're saying? Well, yeah. Yeah. Then oh. they can add. You know, there are other pork, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay. That's, well, hey, thanks, Randy. All right. Yeah, no, no, appreciate your opinion. Thank you. Uh, one texter says the workers' rights amendment is only to strengthen the unions, not the workers. It will primarily strengthen the public unions and cost all the taxpayers more money. Yeah, I knew that would uh, – I know there's a lot of uh, talk about it, and I've seen the ads for it. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen as many against it. I don't know, maybe they're maybe they're running them, and I'm not seeing them. But we will have someone that is not a um, is not a supporter of the amendment, and we'll let them uh, explain why they feel it should not be approved. So we'll do that here when I can get that date set up. All right, we'll talk a little bit about breast cancer coming up, and then back to an open line. WDWS Champaign Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. And welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Good to have you with us here. We had a busy first hour. Man, that went by quickly. We appreciate Professor Robert Bruno, professor of labor over at the University of Illinois, and got a bunch of texts in regards to his appearance on here. So uh, we'll get to those here maybe after the bottom of the hour. And a lot of reaction to that. And, again, we'll have somebody on who's not necessarily for the amendment to kind of give you the other perspective on it, which will probably generate as much uh, interest as he did. So we appreciate that. 10-11 at DWS, uh, second hour. The Beef House, Covington, Indiana. If you need a great uh, steak, seafood, pasta, Philly cheese sandwich, uh, sandwich, steak sandwich. Or you can get a greenhouse, uh, great Beef House salad, green salad, a cup or bowl of soup. Of course, the famous Beef House Rolls, all with your meal at the Beef House. You can get uh, lunch. You can do the lunch buffet if you'd like to do that. Uh, whatever you'd like to do, you can order off the menu, or you can just get some rolls. But make sure you bring the rolls back to your office if you go over there for lunch. Make sure you do that. But anyway, uh, Thanksgiving's not that far off. The holidays, think about that. The holidays aren't that far off. 
Uh, the Beef House might be a great place to take some family and friends. Exit 4, Covington, Indiana. All right, couple of guests in studio. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as you know. And am I right, Heidi Punky Brown, that this is Metastatic Breast Cancer metastatic, Day? Metastatic, yes. Day. It is National Metastatic Breast metastatic, Cancer Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that just means it's stage four. Okay. Metastatic is that fancy word for stage four breast cancer. Okay. It's a medical term there. Yes. Yes. Tell me about yourself, Heidi Punky Brown. Where are you from? Where you grew up? I am from Elliott, Illinois, which is where I grew up. I live Mm. on the family farm that my great-grandparents built. Uh, I am a CPA. I was also a teacher, and I'm the mom of three. And where is Elliott? Elliott is about 30 minutes straight north of Champaign on Prospect Avenue. Really? Yes. Why have I not heard of Elliott? Well, it's in between Gibson City and Paxton on Route 9. Okay. And there's only about 250 people there, so that's probably why you haven't heard of it. (laughs) But it's a, we'll, it's a great little village. It is a great little village. Wow, okay. That's a great spot for you to grow up. Yes, See, definitely. Tolona was a big town compared to, right. to that. Yeah, Elliot come. is a great place to um, a great place to have come from, and I love living there. And you brought a buddy with you here, Greg Newold, who I had forgotten, but he remembered that he was a manager when for Bill Self. Yeah, from but, 01 to 05. So I got Coach Self and Coach Weber. Pretty good years it, it, in it there. It was some good years to be in college. You get some yes. rings out of that? I, I did. Yeah. I, got, I got a little stash of some jewelry. Absolutely. So you were hanging out with Lucas and Demir and we, yeah, all these out guys? Yeah, a lot of those guys and D yeah. and Darren, the whole gang. Uh, yeah. yeah now was, you're wearing a shirt that says Power Planter. Yes. What, what is that? Well, so yeah, I went uh, and I taught high school ag education at Fairbury at uh, Prairie Central High School for eight years and then... My grandfather, or our family story, I guess, we uh, farm, but then we owned a manufacturing business on the family farm in Loda, um, and a power planter makes gardening augers. So you, if you got a cordless drill, which encompasses about 90% of homeowners or property owners, uh, you put an auger in there, instead of using a shovel or a trowel, you can just drill some holes and stick your plants in. And you come up with this? Uh, my grandfather did, did? in 1988, really? yep. And really? Uh, I was teaching shop class, and I told him, I said, nobody else is coming back to the family farm. I got a sister that's younger than me that's out in Washington, D.C., and a cousin that lives in Hilton Head, and so Mm. nobody else was coming back to the farm. So I said, I think you got a diamond in the rough. Uh, And so I came back in 13, and Mm. boom, here we go. And you're married to Rod Cardinal's daughter. I, I am, yes, and Troy Cardinal's sister and Brian Cardinal's sister, How about yes, that? and yeah. and, Mary, and Mary Cardinal's daughter as well, yes. <laughs> wow, well, there's a great Tolono connection, so yeah, can't absolutely. go wrong with that. Well, good to have you here. Well, Heidi, let's talk about your breast cancer. Tell me your experience here. Okay, with- in the summer of 2019, I was at what I would consider to be the peak of my health in my adult years. Um, I had recently lost a bunch of weight and was uh, had run a 5K, was working on a 10K. And after I ran a practice 10K, I came home and showered and found a lump. Mm. And you think, um, little B breast cancer. You think, you know, worst case scenario, um, we're going to have some surgery and treatment and then everything's going to be fine. But as it turns out, um, on the 24th of July in 2019, on the same day, I found out that it was definitely breast cancer and that it had already spread, that I had innumerable masses on my liver. I had a mass on my adrenal gland and I had three uh, lesions in my, on my spine. 
So fast forward, uh, we went down to Barnes in St. Louis, had additional tests, and I started chemo treatment. So I get my treatment at Barnes. I had my 55th chemo treatment Tuesday. Mm, This week. Uh, Yes. I get chemo every three weeks. I've had um, a bout of radiation on a lesion in my shoulder. I had one bout of radiation on my adrenal gland. Um, Thought I was doing well. And then in 2020, in the fall, uh, I had a bad fall at home, and they found out that it spread to my brain. So I've had uh, 12 brain lesions that I've had gamma knife three times, which is a special type of radiation that they can direct right on these lesions. So three times on different ones they found. Most recently was three and a half weeks ago. They uh, found another one. I get scans every three months. Hmm. So every three months uh, I get a brain MRI. I get a chest, ab, pelvic CT, and I get a bone scan. And the plan is to just keep it under control. It's metastatic stage four, meaning it had already spread when they found it. So in medical terms, they call that a de novo diagnosis. So it's a de novo metastatic breast cancer, meaning they didn't know it was here. And what I have learned since then is that mammograms are great. And everybody, every woman 40 and over should get a mammogram every year. But if you have dense breast tissue, mammograms aren't so great. And it's like trying to find a snowball in a blizzard because dense breast tissue on a mammogram appears white and so does cancer. So what I found out is I was dutifully getting a mammogram every year, but I have extremely dense breast tissue. And so people like me, should be getting additional screening every six months. So you should get a mammogram, and then every six months you should get a a breast MRI or an ultrasound. You still need the mammogram as a baseline, but then you should get additional screening. I had no idea, um, Mm. and I don't think many people do. I think they just hear back from their doctor that, oh, the mammogram's fine. So it's really important that we want people to check their portal, look at the report from the radiologist, see what that is. And if you have dense breast tissue, you need to be Mm. talking about getting additional screening because breast cancer diagnosed at an early stage is curable. And often they can diagnose breast cancer at stage zero now even. Mm. But breast cancer at stage four is terminal. There is no cure. It's already spread microscopically through and we're just waiting to see where it's going to pop up again and just keep treating it Hmm. but i started the treatments and at the time i was the controller of a grain elevator and greg was one of the board of directors and greg and i have been friends for years and so greg gave me a very special gift and i'm going to let him tell about that okay yeah Yeah. so i would say heidi's story there is awesome and totally 100% spot on. And I think as a member, I've known Heidi for years, a member of board of directors. She, I just vaguely, not vaguely, but vividly remember her walking into basically a board meeting and making the quote unquote announcement that, you know, she had stage four breast cancer, which mm-hmm. uh, puts you back in a seat in a, you know, sure. in an instant. Um, so my brain immediately went to, okay, one, you have responsibilities as a board member, but that wasn't important to me. It was, okay, what's the situation with Heidi and how can you know I, we, as a company, family, whatever, help Heidi? 
Um, so through Power Planner and what we're doing, um, I gave Heidi a pink bull bogger. The crazy ironic thing, and I don't really believe in coincidences a whole lot, pink augers came to be because my shipping representative um, actually said, you know, you should make pink augers. And I told her, I was like, that's kind of a joke, I thought. And she says, no. She goes, just do it. And yada. I said, okay. Well, it was a couple months later when Heidi made the announcement. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting that Wendy made this proclamation. I should have pink augers. And now we do. So I gave Heidi one. Um, and um, she took it, unbeknownst to me, and went and planted a whole bunch of bulbs. Now, mm. spring bulbs that you can go to you know, several places around town and get are just ugly. I'm going to be honest with you. They're just brown and they don't do anything all winter long, but you stick them in the ground in the fall. Um, but Heidi planted them in the pure hope that she would be around the next spring um, to see them come out of the ground and bloom. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that until Heidi wrote a nice little letter. Um, and so what we'd done for a couple of years, we, we, do, we gave some to Heidi's medical costs the first year. And then I asked Heidi every year in October, like, hey, we'll do a pink auger promo for power planner and what do you want it to go to? Um, so we did that. And this year she introduced me to My Density Matters, this whole group based on breast density. As a man, not something I think about every um, every day or very often, mm-hmm. but sitting in all these calls with these women, uh, knowing Heidi, talking to Heidi about this, it's something that could affect me as a man. It could affect my wife. It could affect my daughters, my female mm-hmm. coworkers. I mean, you name it. It can affect anybody and they don't know. Um, and I think that's the worst thing. I go get, it's almost like I go get a physical every year. What if I get a physical every year and they say it's great, but then it turns out something's not great and they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year we're, we put together what's called Heidi's Hope Box. Uh, Heidi's Hope Box comes with a pink auger, uh, 10 pink blooming tulips, uh, a whole bunch of information for My Density Matters, and a book from uh, Leslie ferris Yerger, who is the uh, founder of My Density Matters. And... It isn't about giving people an auger. It isn't about anything. It, it's purely, it, I want everybody to get a Heidi's Hope box. For one, $25, every one of them is going to go towards uh, the cause so My Density Matters can spread the word. But more, this could affect anybody. Um, and I, I just want everybody to understand that. I want people to take this information and read it themselves, and I want them to take it to their doctor. Hmm. Uh, and I think we're in Champaign, and there's huge medical facilities in Champaign. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I say, how many of these doctors that people visit don't actually know this, um, you know, or aren't bringing this up to their patients? And for me, that's kind of the scary part. You know, hmm. Heidi was a perfectly healthy human as far as Heidi knew. Hmm. Everybody thought Heidi was a perfectly healthy human. And then bam. Hmm. Um, and, and so that's what we're doing. We're trying to raise awareness. It isn't to find a cure. It isn't to do this. Uh, and I think if somebody listening or knows somebody, get a hope box and spread the word in the education. That's the key thing. Mm-hmm. Again, Greg uh, Newold is with us, and uh, we've got uh, Heidi Punky Brown with us here. Ten twenty-three. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little more about this and uh, Heidi's box and my density matters and all the different areas of this as we continue to visit as we uh, talk in the month of October about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Back with more in just a moment. Ten twenty-seven, talking with uh, Heidi Punky Brown and Greg Newold about uh, breast cancer, and um, 
want to talk to uh, Heidi real quick again here. we got another call, too, I want to get to uh, as well. But uh, talk about breast density and that it's not so much the machines, but are you are you aware that you're about your breast density, I guess. Right. Is that right? Yeah. And that's why My Density Matters, our, our, the mission is just so that every woman knows what her breast density is mm-hmm. and why it matters. So how would you find out what your breast density is? Depends on the state you live in. But in Illinois, starting in 2019, they're required to put it on your mammogram report. Now, that's not the my, you might get a letter in the mail that says everything's good, we'll see you next year. You want to actually get into your portal and actually look at the report from the radiologist and they will classify your breast density, A, B, C, and D. Um, and if you're C or D, those higher breast density categories, then by law in Illinois, you can get additional screening and you should because um, so I had a mammogram in October of 2018 that was supposedly clear. They didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. But then by July of 2019, I had a tumor that ended up being three centimeters at the top with tentacles down to several centimeters below mm-hmm. and two lymph nodes and right, the liver, adrenal, everything involved. And that didn't happen in 10 months. Well, we'll never know how long it started, but it didn't happen in 10 months. And so, you know, there's no, um, there's no blame game or anything here. This is just new and not everybody knows. There's not federal regulation and standards hmm. on that. So it's a state by state. But in Illinois, your listeners can look at their mammogram report and see. And if they are in the upper two classifications for breast density, they need to contact their health care provider and get additional screening. And by law in Illinois, that is covered by your insurance. Hmm. All right, I had a texter says, I also didn't find the lump from a mammogram due to dense breast tissue. It's not the only way to detect a tumor, the listener says. Right. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I did self-exam. So I'm not here saying that mammograms aren't good because I, you know, you should still get a mammogram as a baseline and your mammogram can find a lot of problems. But you should do uh, self-screenings, and if you have breast, dense breast tissue, you should get an ultrasound or an MRI. Mm-hmm. Get further screening. Yes. All right, got a caller for you guys. Uh, Alan uh, joins us here this morning. Go ahead, Alan. Hey, Brian. Uh, got a question for Heidi and then a follow-up, so please don't hang up on me. Um, when you were diagnosed, Heidi, did the doctors ever talk to you about modifying your diet? And that is a very interesting thing to bring up. Um, I... Um, happened to get into a very highly ranked breast oncologist down at Barnes Jewish Hospital, uh, Washington University. And I asked her that on the day I met her. And I wrote down what she said, and I read it over and over. She tells me that what I ate didn't give me cancer, and what I eat won't make the cancer go away. It's important for everyone to have a balanced, healthy diet, but there is nothing that I ate that gave this to me or that will take it away. Okay. My follow-up on that is uh, I wish you would uh, look up Dr. Alan Goldhammer and do some research on what he has to say. Mm. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate the call. 217-356-9397. 
So I guess the goal here with Heidi's box is to make people aware of their breast density. Sure. Do the more testing. Give me kind of why why do all this, and I'll have Greg jump in too. So. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the main goal of this is to get everyone, get the word out about dense breast tissue and what you should do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can also help out My Density Matters, that's great because that group, that is what that's its focus it's its focus is entirely on doing that Mm -hmm. my density matters has a new program now where you can text check your chart to the number 211411 and it will take you to their website and it will teach you with videos how to look at your portal and how to read your mammogram report and there are even practice conversations um, scenarios you can do if your healthcare provider isn't aware of breast density, and some are. Uh, I find myself talking about breast density everywhere I go. I carry little business cards, and um, when I pay bills in the mail, I still mail some checks in. That accounts payable clerk is getting a little card about breast density. Um, I try to tell everyone, and some people know about it some people say oh yeah my doctor told me that and i've been getting uh, ultrasounds every six months for the last five years and some people are sitting there like me like oh i have i have no idea i think i need to call so our goal is that no one else has to get diagnosed with breast cancer at stage four Mm. Uh, being diagnosed at an early stage it's curable it's treatable and at stage four, it isn't. Yeah. And that's the goal. But then you add the fact that um, it's just really important to me and very symbolic. I have another hundred or so bulbs coming to plant this year. Um, it's very symbolic for me to plant some ugly brown, you just wonder what they are, bulbs in the ground. And I intend to be here in March and April when they show up and surprise mm-hmm. me. Well, one thing you've said before, you call yourself a uh, breast cancer thriver. Yes. Uh, and I think that's a great term to call it. And I also say I don't want that to, what happened to me, to happen to anybody else. If you right. can have an impact, and that's your whole reason for doing this. Right. So. And and I'm just forever grateful for Greg um, for all that his company is doing to help us with this. Um because Greg knows how many people he knows that are affected by this, and Greg had never heard of it either. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I just got back from a fishing trip in Canada a few weeks ago, and a week after we got back, um, one of the gentlemen that was on the fishing trip with us uh, sent a text out to everybody, and his wife just got diagnosed with breast cancer. Hmm. Um, so it, it affects everybody, and I think the goal of Heidi's Hope Box is, is just that. It's education. Um, you know, you can help beautify your own yard uh, with that. But moreover, I want the people to understand uh, what this tissue issue is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I also want them just to take it to their doctor. I'd rather they take it to their doctor and the doctor say, yep, I know all about it. Mm-hmm. Or I'd rather hand it to the doctor and the doctor be like, I have no idea. And then just say, please look at this for two minutes. Mm-hmm. It, that's all it'll take. Uh, and and I, education is key. So Heidi's Hope Box is all about the education side of it. And if anybody wants to get a Heidi's Hope Box, um, they can go to powerplanter, P-O-W-E-R-P-L-A-N-T-E-R.com. And right at the top, there's a huge Heidi's Hope Box spot. Mm. And like I said earlier, $25 of it, 50% of it's going directly back to My Density Matters so they can raise more awareness. Mm. Uh, I think it's a very small thing that my company can do to help all of these people out. 
mm-hmm. um, and it's and we're locally, you know, around. We're in Lotus, so I just to help Heidi out, and Heidi won't be the last, sadly, but I want her to be one of the last for sure. Mm. And quite frankly, these these augers make it very easy to plant bulbs um, because even now, sick with a little help, you know, I can attach this to a drill and get these planted. Mm. Yeah, I saw a demonstration on the website. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's uh, got another texter said, I volunteered at Ground Zero during the 9-11 recovery effort. I developed breast cancer as a result, ended up with a full mastectomy. Ironically, hundreds of men developed the same type of cancer I had. Uh, the World Trade Center Health Program takes care of all of us. It's tragic, but I am grateful for their help. Yes, a lot of people don't realize that men also get breast cancer. And mm. I know some men who have metastatic breast cancer. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Well, you're an inspirational story. Thank you. Coming here smiling and... Um, There's no other way. Undergoing treatment and... Well, and, 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 and I will tell, and I, and I will team, tell yeah. you, Brian, that that's one of the funny, I don't know, it's funny, it's just amazing to me and why it's a joy knowing and working with Heidi is, I mean, she said it all, this is terminal. I mean, mm-hmm. Heidi knows sitting here that at some point, mm-hmm. you know, it will be because of metastatic breast cancer. Yet every time you see Heidi, she's smiling and she goes, why not? She goes, I yeah. can sit around and wallow away knowing I have stage four breast cancer. But she goes, mm-hmm. I'm going to live life to the fullest and smile and be happy and just kick cancer's hiney and i'm like have at it my goal is to die once and if i focus on dying then i'm dying more than one day so and hopefully we'll just keep this under control but it's i'm i live scan to scan every three months we see what the scans are and what they can do for it Uh, but life is good and i've met a lot of great friends through metastatic breast cancer and the support i have from my family and friends like greg and power planner just amazes me and the world mm. is a good place. There, mm. There's a lot of bad rap about there about, you know, things are bad. There's trouble everywhere. I think the world's pretty darn good. Mm. You're an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Heidi. And Greg, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Good Appreciate to see you it. again. Good to see Don't you. Don't make it another 20 years. I'll do my best. Gee, wow. <laughs> You've grown up. Uh, 1037. If you miss any of this, WDWS.com. Of course, it'll be up in a podcast. We'll come back with more. Here's CBS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has some observations on the Illini after meeting them this week. Terrence Shannon looks like an NBA wing. Well, we appreciate Heidi and uh, Greg coming by, and uh, what a great team they make on all of this with breast cancer awareness and uh, what an inspiration think about that we all have problems we all have issues we face but here's someone who's got stage four breast cancer and is just smiling through it and making a big impact wherever she can and greg's teaming up with her and helping any way he can and um, that's just awesome 10.42 at uh, News Talk 1400 DWS. Uh, busy day ahead here in East Central Illinois. Got the quarterback club meeting out with uh, Coach Bielema here coming up. Uh, they should be starting, uh, well, lunch there pretty soon. And uh, we'll be at, uh, out there uh, helping to emcee the events out there today. We got the um, homecoming events coming, the gala. Uh, alumni recognition. I think Gene Honda is one of the folks being recognized tonight. So, Congratulations to our buddy Gene. So we'll be out there for that. And uh, let's see, this is Thursday, right? Yeah. And then uh, Friday, of course, uh, gearing up for all the homecoming activities there at uh, Grange Grove. 
on Friday night, and then the game with Minnesota at 11 o'clock on Saturday. 10.43 at DWS, Hutchcraft Van Service, located here in the heartland of Illinois, began as a family-owned business and still is back in the 1940s. So think about that, World War II time era is when they started. In the 50s, 1953, around the time of the Korean War, they got uh, tied up and involved with the United Van Lines. So those two uh, traditions have been around for years and years. With over 50 trucks, vans, and trailers, including liftgate trucks and trailers for heavy items, special commodity drivers for transporting high-value equipment, office relocation, record storage service, short-term and summer storage for students, SkyBiz tracking and communication for long distance moves, all of those things available through the folks at Hutchcraft and United Van Lines. They simplify moving here in the state or out across borders as well. Give them a call, 217-328-3333, or go to buy their uh, great warehouse there, 1614 North Lincoln in Urbana. 1044, let me get another break in. Back with more. Penny for your thoughts here up until the top of the hour. i got some text left over from our labor discussion, the rights amendments, and um, we'll continue that. Howard Griffith tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour, and then Kent and, uh, let's see, I don't think Cassie can make it tomorrow. Barry, Barry Hauser, Marching Illini. Got some praise from Brett Bielema this week. That was kind of cool. Talk to him about that tomorrow and what the Marching Illini are up to for homecoming. 1044 back in a moment. Just a waste of time Because she's mine But our car girl is mine 10.49 52 degrees Headed for a high of 61 Got a lot of sunshine out there Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair South side of I-74 Between the Neal and Prospect Exits Derek in Urbana says It's my second car done by Gallo Miller as always, the work was amazing. Haley and Tolono, your company is exceptional throughout the whole process. I got a whole list of them here. John and Ludlow, you deserve a rating greater than great, if that's possible. South side of I-74, Neyland Prospect, 501 West Kenyon Road. Big Dance, Little Dings. You've heard it all before. Dave Miller, Bill Gallo, great guys. They'll get the job done for you right. They will take the stress out of having an accident or having your car to be worked on. You'll be in good hands, trust me. 10.50 at DWS, announcement from the uh, University of Illinois. A couple of things. I mentioned the quarterback club, and then we'll um, run back for a tour. The media uh, is getting a tour. You can look for coverage or hear about coverage on the radio, of course, about the uh, renovation at Ubbin. They're going to give us a tour of that, so I'm looking forward to that. If it's anything like the Smith Center turned out for football, uh, it'll be fantastic. So that's great for the men's and women's uh, programs there at Illinois. And just out this morning, Illinois announces plans for Illinois Wrestling Training Center. Uh, they'll have a press conference for that at uh, 2.30 at the Carroll Cars Hall of Fame room at Biafelt, so we'll head over for that too. The Illinois Wrestling Training Center, set to uh, Illinois Wrestling Program, set to receive a best-in-class facility following today's announcement of the Illinois Wrestling Training Center by Josh Whitman. $14 million Illinois Wrestling Training Center located will be located on the south lawn of State Farm Center directly across from St. Mary's Road from the Illinois Conference Center. 
It will feature approximately 19,000 square feet of space, including a wrestling room with three mats, strength and conditioning, sports medicine, and another $1.3 million in site work and improvements to State Farm Center parking will be included in the project. Groundbreaking scheduled for spring of 2024. This is Foundation Homecoming Weekend as well, so it's a part of a lead gift there in private philanthropic support. All right, 1051 at uh, News Talk 1400 DWS, so that'll be the announcement at 2.30, so you can listen and watch for all the coverage on all of that. Paul is up next. Paul, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to, I guess, go over a... I just went on an honor flight mm-hmm. from out of Peoria, and it was just a fantastic day. We had uh, people that welcomed us when we got into D- Washington, D.C., and then we came home. We had people that were waiting for us. This was at like 1030 at nighttime. Hmm. We had uh, young people, elder people, and we had a speedy day, actually, with uh, a lot of different monuments that we went through, went to and seen. A couple of them I haven't, hadn't been to before. Hmm. But, um, so, so what, which one, which one, which ones were those you hadn't been to? Uh, the Air Force Museum. Okay. And the U.S. Navy Museum. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, the Emo Jima. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my Uh, daughter, my daughter did a uh, concert in high school at the Iwo Jima Monument. Really? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And, that thing, you can walk around it, and at certain positions, you can. It looks like the flag is actually raising, mm. and I tell you, it, it's just unreal. Um, it the the crew that was there that helped us. Um, I had a guardian that. When I need to be wheeled around in a wheelchair, was there to take care of me on that. And, um, I mean, it was just a fantastic day. And if you a veteran out there, and if you have a chance to go on this, do it. Hmm. You will not regret it. It was one of the best trips I've ever been on. Wow. I've heard a lot of great things about those, Paul. Yeah. Those are awesome. I know, I know Springfield has one. Mm-hmm. Peoria has one. I thought Decatur did, but I'm not sure about that one in, anymore. But, mm. uh, but like I say, uh, if a veteran out there been in from like World War II. We had a World War II veteran who was with us on this mm, trip. Wonderful. He was 98 mm. years old. Wow. And uh, they had uh, Korean War, Vietnam, and others, you know. But, um, yeah. Mm. I want to get a plug in there for the honor 
polite society there that uh, if you know they need donations, I think each one of these trips run about a hundred thousand dollars, I think, hmm. and they have it's mostly run by sponsorship. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people. A lot of people do it. It's hey. a wonderful thing. Well, Paul, thank you for sharing that with us, okay? All right. And thank you thank for your you. service, too. Appreciate you. Thank you. 1055. Have a good day. Back in a moment to wrap it up. Well, just like that, two hours are done. Man, that was fast. I say that a lot. And uh, we're done for today. We've got our OSF Illini Friday coming up. I'll get to the text. I apologize. I was going to read some of those on the uh, amendments, uh, the amendment to the state constitution, workers' rights, I guess. Didn't get a chance to do that. Appreciate uh, the update on the honor flights. That was awesome. And uh, you can join us tomorrow. We'll do it. Howard Griffith in the first hour. Have a great rest of the day. Go Illini, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. <laughs>